This is Making It Happen by Sims, a podcast that brings people, business and technology together. Welcome to the Making It Happen by Sims podcast. I'm your host, Drew, and today I have with me Brian Rowe, CEO of Surfcentric. Brian, how are you? Very good, Drew. Thanks for having me on. No worries, no worries. How was the bank holiday in Dublin? It was uh, it was excellent, yeah. We had a, a four-day bank holiday, so it was something new for us. So, uh, yeah, good little break, uh, early spring. And the DC was looked after? Not everyone was out, I imagine? No, no, 24-7 all the time uh, yeah. for, for some people. Luckily, not me, but, uh, yeah, we were here all the time. Great, great. Now, um, we go back a little bit, sort of to 2018, um, so I know quite a bit about yourself, but... For everyone who's listening who doesn't know anything about you, Brian, introduce yourself, your history in tech and DCs. Yeah, so um, I suppose I've been in the IT space for uh, tragically 30 years, I think now, uh, turning. So um, originally I would have been in uh, IT sales to general business. I did a lot of mixed platform work, uh, Mac and PC, uh, as businesses kind of the, the, the first kind of digital transformation uh, back in the 90s. Mm. Um, so that kind of evolved and uh, I ended up uh, running a managed services division of an IT services company uh, for a number of years and uh, was exposed a certain amount to, you know, public cloud, the hyperscale public cloud world. And then the opportunity came up uh, about six years ago to segue slightly into the data center industry, which had always kind of captivated me. So, um, yeah, I grabbed that and uh, haven't looked back since. So, uh, yeah, I've been, uh, I was commercial director in Servcentric for about four and a half years and then took over as CEO just over a year ago. Great, great. Now, speaking about Servcentric, um, DC, based in Dublin in Ireland. So just tell everyone a little bit about that facility, the makeup of it, um, and some details on that. Yeah, so the, the, the company is, we're in existence for about 20 years. Um, so we're, essentially, we're a, a, a data center operator. And, you know, to try and kind of succinctly say what we do for people, um, we're, the, we're the platform, we're the enabler. Um, and we, we don't really get involved with what people do on top. We just give them the tools to be able to do what they do, uh, whether they're in telecoms or whether they're in software development or legal or, you know, whatever their vertical is, they, they, yeah. they work in that area. Um, does the three C's is, is what we do, co-location, connectivity and cloud. Yeah. And, and lots of hybrid around those three things. So just for your, for your listeners, co-location is simply uh, providing powered cabinets to clients, whether that's, you know, whether that's single cabinets, whether that's a cage full of cabinets or full data suites, depending on the, the size and requirement of, of the client. Obviously, we have to connect that up to the world. So we would have uh, over a dozen different tier one and tier two carriers, you know, like your BTs, your Vodafones, EU networks, uh, Colt, these kind of companies coming in over diverse routes into the data center and out to the world. And there's, there's lots of connectivity offerings, whether it's transit to the internet or 
uh, inter data center links or direct connections to the uh, public cloud uh, platforms. So, you know, all those connectivity pieces. And then we have our own cloud service as well. So we can provide hybrid in-house um, or just pure cloud services to, to clients yeah. as well. And we, and we run that from the facility here in Dublin. Cool. And you, you mentioned some things there like public cloud. So what springs to mind is me, things like AWS um, and whatnot. Yeah. So how does ServeCentric fit into that bigger data center ecosystem, especially you know amongst the likes of Equinixes and things like that? Yeah, I, I suppose um, there's kind of there's two questions there. Um, firstly, you know that 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 whole public cloud world. Um, we obviously, you know, we have to we have to play with these guys. Um, so Azure, AWS, and and to a slightly less uh, lesser extent, Google. Um, what we're finding is that uh, the, the clients and, and particularly the larger clients are embracing all these technologies. So they're embracing co-location, public clouds, and different flavors of public clouds, and they're creating hybrid environments and using, you know, the uh, you know what's right for a particular service or a particular workload. Yeah. Um, in terms of you know the, the data center world, so you mentioned you know Equinix, who would be you know a very large player uh, in Ireland. Um, I think, I think traditionally, what people would have looked for is you know resilience and uh, reliability around those co-location services. Now, yeah. that's a given. You know, the, the, the facility is not going to, you know, you're not going to lose power, you're not going to lose these things. So what's the next stage of being a differentiator? You know, what's your, what's your differentiator if all those are a given? And uh, as an independent Irish company, uh, the big things for us would be flexibility agility we, we get a little bit closer to the client um, so for for mid-size organizations and smaller organizations you know we definitely you know the feedback would be that we're a lot more approachable we, we we present a lot more of a consultative approach and we have to be different because we don't have the the, the throw or the network that that you know some of these larger guys would have so yeah. uh, that that's kind of our niche or our USP um, yeah. in that market. Yeah, and I think that's that's how we met. Obviously, um, going back to 2018, I previously yeah, worked yeah. for an, a really really um, good independent DC based in the southeast. Um, it was about that independent, best of breed services. Um, but just touching on some of the stuff you said there, especially around you know hybrid working things like that. Obviously, a lot has happened, um, and we're still not out of the woods. Um, but how have the customers' needs changed since, let's say, 2018 when I met? Um, how have they changed um, from what you've seen at Servcentric? Yeah, I, I, you know, to to look at the changes that I've seen, uh, maybe over the last six years since since I you know entered this industry, um, just like I said to you a minute ago. A lot of the questions that people, you know, particularly new businesses coming to us, were asking about were about, you know, reliability, UPSs, you know, how much diesel have you got under the under the ground, you know, um, those kind of, you know, power cooling, you know, what's under the hood, M and E questions. Mm. That that's changed, and there's a lot more questions now around security and compliance, and mm. and and you know that that's a change. Of course, you know, those first things matter hugely, but like I say, they're kind of a given. 
Um, and now we're seeing a lot of, you know, particularly from enterprise, seeing a lot of kind of questionnaires coming in around, you know, what are you doing around security? You know, what, what are your processes? You know, what are your stat? What standards do you hold? All those kind of things. So that's, yeah. you know, that's, that's a big change. It doesn't, that's not necessarily around the, the change in our work practices, but it's, it's about the, the risk and, you know, I suppose the increased risk uh, as as digital transformation moves along. Um, The other big thing would be people used to come and they'd be talking about power and, you know, how that power is delivered and et cetera. Now, a lot more of it's about connectivity. How can how can I connect to this? I need to be able to connect to this. I need low latency to this. Um, Mm. uh, So those are those are kind of more the questions than just the, the fundamental building blocks. Yeah, it sounds like people have become a lot more savvy around availability and uptime. You know, these things are a given. Yeah. But on things like cloud costs, you know, there's a, a people run into a lot of problems with the, the AWSs and things like that, potentially. I don't know. But what are, you, are they becoming a lot more savvy around cloud costs? Is that becoming a big part of things in terms of? Yeah, I think... Uh, I think people are learning all the time. I, I, mm. I've definitely, from my own experience, I've seen clients that, I, I think that a lot of the public cloud providers, uh, their cost models are by design very complex. And um, people are working their way through their kind of cloud migration strategies and understanding that it's it's not a panacea, it's not a it's not a catch-all world. Um, I've seen a fair amount uh, of reversal from cloud. I've seen a fair amount of projects being stopped and being re-looked at. And and really, what's happening now is that the the smart this whole cloud-first strategy uh, is the, the the whole narrative is actually being driven by the public cloud providers, in my opinion. And uh, and cloud is absolutely brilliant. And those public cloud providers are absolutely brilliant. But they are not the best thing for every workload. And it's about understanding what's good for there and what's good to, to hold on to yourself and build yourself. Because certainly putting everything into the cloud is, is not, you know, is not a cost beneficial uh, strategy for particularly for enterprises maybe for startups it's it's a little bit different uh, most companies are, are born in the cloud now but as you get to scale you, you you know you absolutely need to be considering running some of your own stuff privately yeah okay great um now talk that was about customer needs i just want to sort of understand from first hand um sort of running a DC and your infrastructure, how yeah. has the infrastructure changed to sort of accommodate these needs? Have you seen anything there drastic or? Um, not, I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say greatly from, from our side, uh, definitely from an M&E perspective, all that, uh, sorry, mechanical, electrical, you know, what's under the hood from our perspective. No, Re, uh, what's changing on the customer side is certainly, um, I suppose people are looking at newer ways of doing things. So um, 
with kind of power concerns, green concerns, things like that, that they're, they're looking at their hardware infrastructure. There's a lot more convergence. There's, there's a lot more kind of tightening. We, we'd have a lot of white space now upstairs because this place is, tw- you know, this, this facility is, is 20 years old and mm. the, the density is much higher. So now to, to kind of fill a data suite, you might only fill a third of the space. Um, right. And that's, you know, that's what the advent of, you know, you look at memory and you look at the capacities now that you can get into one new and you look at SSD, which is completely taken over from spinning disk. And, mm. and it's great because, you know, lower power consumption and, and greater capacities and the cost has come right down there. So um, that's what we're seeing in terms of what the customer is using and, and, yeah. and how that's impacting on the customer. We, we, had, we have one customer in the legal space, they're a US company, and they've just done an upgrade uh, all new uh, SSD flash, etc., and they've reduced their consumption from about thirty-five kilowatts to mm. just under twenty kilowatts, and mm. and that's going to, particularly with current power pricing, that's going to uh, you know provide savings down the line for them. Plus, the performance has gone you know completely through the roof for them. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, we see that firsthand in what we do. You know, the yeah, emergence of exactly, the sort yeah. of the EDSF form factors E1 SNL, you know, higher density for flash storage, you know, are going to support PCIe 5.0 and beyond. Better cooling, exactly what, like you say. Yeah. So it's, I, I just want to sort of, what I'll do now is I'll, I'll touch on that sustainability bit at the moment, right? In terms of what you guys are doing at Serve Centric, you know, data centers use a lot of energy, right? You know, sort of 1% of the world's global electricity. I think, in fact, um, they use more than some countries, right? In total. So, what are you guys seeing or what are you guys doing from a sustainability point of view at Servcentric? Yeah, in Ireland, uh, we, have a, a, we have a very high data center uh, consumption. Uh, it's, it's last year was around 11% of our power mm. and it's, wow. it's looking like heading towards 20% of our power consumption. So it's, it's a big topic here uh, in Dublin. Um, so for ourselves, the, the facility is ostensibly is a 10 megawatt facility. It's actually five megawatts because it's, it's, it's five on A and five on B. So our, our, our maximum consumption would, would, would top out at five megawatts. Um, you know, fr- from the ground up, we're doing things like, you know, lighting has all changed and, um, uh, you know, on timers and things like that. So, you know, th- they're very, very small changes. Then there's bigger changes around our, our, we, we implemented all new cooling throughout the building, which uses uh, the chillers now use about one sixth of the power that they used to use. Mm. Um, and then we're constantly looking at things like airflow and temperature in the data suites. For example, mm. we've, uh, increased the ambient temperature in the data suites from 21 to 23 degrees. Uh, it's mm. a small change, sounds like a small change, but actually it, you know, it optimizes the, um, the consumption of power around, uh, around, around cooling and, and has yeah. made a significant difference, a difference of over 25% in, in the power consumption uh, around cooling. On top of that, then you get to the at a cabinet level things like just making sure airflows are, are, are correct, uh, implementing blanking plates, uh, things like that. That, that yeah. you know you, you've come from that area yourself, Drew, so you, you've seen it all. But those things, it's it's 
the opposite of death by a thousand cuts. It's a, it's a thousand little things to, to kind of keep on decreasing those consumptions. That's what we do on our side. What the customer is doing on their side is they're getting way more bang for their buck by looking at five, eight-year-old servers, three-year, even three, four-year-old servers and mm-hmm. upgrading, consolidating, increasing, um, you know, efficiency, you know, through, you know, virtualization, whatever, um, and, you know, delivering more with less. And, and that's, you know, we, we just touched on that, you know, with, you know, SSD and CPU and RAM capacities and all that kind of thing. And ultimately, mm-hmm. they are driving down power consumption. Absolutely. On the other side of it, the requirements are still on a... Uh, on a trajectory that you know that that we can't change. Um, yeah. So, but another point that I just make around around power is that, you know, people get caught up on on the data center consumption, but what the data center consumption removes from consumption, in mm. general, uh, that doesn't really get looked at. And and for example, during during the the pandemic, when when things were shut down and people were working from home and maybe the data center capacity or requirements went up, but the overall general consumption went down because mm. uh, everything was centralized and there was a lot more efficiency and, and people weren't traveling as much and things like that. So, you know, it's not all a bad news story. No, absolutely not. And it sounds like you're doing the right things um, and acknowledging how the, this is the current situation, you know. So, um, so I just want to explain... Uh, to everyone, you know, everyone's sort of interested in what it takes to run a DC in terms of colleagues and knocks and things like that. So could you just give a, the audience a bit of an insight into your colleague makeup in the knock? Yeah. Um, so the, the way we're an operator in the data center, so um, the actual underlying technology, what's under the under the ground or under the floor, uh, shall we mm. say, that's looked after separately. So that's that's uh, run by Interaction Digital Realty uh, along with CBRE. So they look after that. So Surfcentric, we always kind of say we're above the tile and, and that's why we kind of, we would specialize in looking after the client and their, and their requirements. Mm-hmm. Um, and it allows us to be... Uh, it allows us to be, I suppose, a, a smaller business to... to, to uh, provide those services. So the makeup is is a management team where we look after operations, compliance, sales and marketing, uh, finance. Those those um, those areas. Then there's a, a an engineering team that would look after uh, networking. We're an ISP ourselves, so uh, we have we have those services that have to be managed. We provide monitoring services and some security services for clients, manage firewall things like that. So we have an engineering team that looks after that and cloud services. Um, and then uh, the third tier then would be NOC team, and the NOC team is is on site twenty four seven. We manage to maintain a 24-7 on-site service uh, 100% of the time over the last two and a half years, which was, uh, which was, which was tricky, but we, we got there. Uh, and it was, it was great to be able to do that during you know, the, the dark days of the pandemic. Um, yeah. So that's the, that's the makeup of the company. Yeah, and, and just touching on the pandemic um, and, and managing those teams over that time, um, can you give people a bit of an insight into what you did, how you, how you sort of kept things running and smoothly? It'd be a bit interesting to see that. Yeah, I think, firstly, like 
we're we're hugely fortunate here in terms of the team that we have. You know, we've got great people. Uh, some of them have been with the company for 5, 10, 15 years. So that they're, um, I suppose, a part of the fabric of the, of the organization. And mm. we don't, you know, we wouldn't have the turnover that other spaces in IT would have, say DevOps and those areas where, you know, people are always looking at, you know, what's next. Um, so we're, we're kind of fortunate that we, we have a great team who are completely bought into to what we do. And and it helps us develop those long-term client relationships as well, uh, mm. where they get, you know, where they get very comfortable with, you know, working with certain individuals and, and that makes a difference. Uh, from my own perspective, obviously, you know, there was a there was a big shake up march to you know two years ago where we suddenly we were out of the office but you know we we embraced those you know collaboration tools you know zoom teams whatever else and we we just stuck very close and and kept focused on what what do we need to do to to look after the customers so we were we were very much you know thinking you know about what can we do to make our customers lives easier and and help them through this and uh, so it didn't take a huge amount of management or a huge amount of, uh, you know, I suppose additional input on my part to, to kind of to keep that team together because they're they're very, um, you know, they were able to work autonomously. They were and and like I said, they were really good people. The the more kind of transient area would be uh, knock because it's a shift job and mm. you know the the. Nighttime yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, it, it is, uh, it, and and that's a, it's a it's a younger person's game, and and by its nature, you you kind of you, the turnover is a little bit faster there. Um, but uh, again, during the pandemic, you know, we did really well, and and we have to recognise we're we're very fortunate in terms of the industry we were in was largely unaffected, and you know mm. when you were looking over your shoulder at you know something that you know what was happening to the say the services industries and things like that i think that you know our our people realized that we were very fortunate to be able to continue operating without you know without any major major changes yeah i i, I think i have read somewhere um i think it was a gartner survey that like 29 percent of current um it uh, workers globally intend to stay in their current role so it sounds like you're doing a good job in retention and they're definitely within that that 29%, yeah, right? and and like I said, I, I I think you know that that might be skewed because maybe in in the software development sphere that yeah. might be a lot higher, and then in kind of infrastructure it might be that little bit lower. So um, you know, IT is a is a very broad school, and uh, but yeah, we're we're we're, we're lucky that uh, we have good people that are with us for some time. So you know, long may it continue. Yeah, I mean, it's the same with us here at Sims. I think the, the sort of median tenure here is like 11 years. Um, so I think if you can create a good culture within the company, exactly. then it's, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to lead to successful. And like you said, you mentioned on every area of the business, it's the same with us here. You know, our CEO definitely recognised from the start, from finance to operations, customer care, marketing, to technical, it, it, it all has to flow together to create a, a successful business and collaboration within, right? Absolutely, and and if the culture is right, you know it do, it doesn't take an enormous amount to to keep that culture right. Do you know what I mean? It's it's self perpetuating. Yes. That everybody's on the same page, so it makes yes. makes life a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, that's great. No, so we've sort of looked back a little bit and current the current state of things. Um, but I just want to end things on you know from your point of view as a CEO of of a data center. Um, 
what do you sort of predict for the next five years, you know, be it from service-centric's point of view as a DC or even the bigger picture? Um, what, what are you expecting to see coming um, up in the next five years? I, I, I mean, I think, I think security is, is, is a huge concern going forward. Mm. Um, you know, as we, as we continue to kind of go down this digital, tra- I'm using these air quotes because I hate the expression digital transfer. I think we've been in a, in a world of digital transformation for 30 years and, and Never ending. somebody's just coining it now, you know. Um, but, you know, we are becoming, every business is becoming enormously reliant on availability and integrity of their services. So mm. security is huge. Um, you know, and, and here we got the physical security and all that, but I think, you know, work around logical security uh, uh, is 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 really kind of driving things over the next over the next few years so you know around behaviors and you know securing their networks and mm. uh, just you know just reducing those risks um the other thing around security and you know in the current context uh you know regarding eastern europe is we've started seeing inquiries coming in because of our ba- of our geographical location and because of our geopolitical stability as a country, and you know, mm. I don't really want to get too much into that, but but it, it's a reality, and sure. um, you could see migration of data around around that where, where where you know companies are looking to make sure that their their data is in the right place uh, yes. from a from a geopolitical standpoint. Yeah. Um, the second area is around uh, again it's geographical but it's more around say iot and things like that that people want to get closer to their customer so you know edge around technologies like autonomous driving and all this this kind of stuff that that's driving mm. getting the data center closer to the iot device and we're, we're all sitting in houses now and we probably don't even realize it with maybe 20 30 iot devices and in fact another five years that'll be over 100 iot devices which are constantly talking to the internet but those you know you know having secure low latency um and availability for those Mm. iot devices just keeps on you know that requirement keeps on growing so we're going to see more uh kind of disparate um use of technology to engage with that uh, in the right way. So, you, you've, you know, we know, know about edge data centers, so we're going to see growth around that area as well. Yeah, absolutely. No, I appreciate that, Brian. Um, and I look forward to following your journey and Servcentric's journey over the, the coming coming years. Um, so if people are looking for a DC in Ireland, do you want to just tell them where to go? We we'll give us your website and we can yeah, point people your way. Yeah, uh, it's www.servcentric.com. Dot com s-e-r-v-e-c-e-n-t-r-i-c dot com cool. we'd be delighted cool. yeah right. i will put that down in the uh in the links below um i appreciate having you on fantastic um, and i will speak to you soon hopefully when you're over in the uk next week and we can catch up absolutely yeah all right cheers brian cheers drew thanks very much cheers, cheers. take care